Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media. Welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech service where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss the latest Eagles injury news, Carson Wentz's criticism, and we're going to preview the rematch with the Giants in Week 10. Chris, how are you doing today? Feeling rested, Mike. You know, this bye week just went by, you know, just it came at a perfect time in the middle point of the season, and feeling a little recharged and ready to talk about some Eagles action, and you know, as you mentioned before, we're going to get to preview later, and Another division game coming up. I mean, how are you feeling? I'm well. You know, I can't complain. Um, the bye week, like you said, came at the right time. And I think, look, <clears throat> we have really kind of gone off the rails in a lot of ways throughout this season because there's been so much to talk about from, you know, injuries to Carson Wentz playing poorly to the offensive line being beaten up every single week to the defense being inconsistent. I just think it was good to have that week to kind of recharge and look at what the bigger picture is here. And I think we'll start that off with the injuries, right? Because that's really been the key to the Eagles, you know, adversity over the last several years, let alone just the first eight games of this season. So as of now, um, I was at practice on Thursday. We're, We're recording this after Thursday's practice. From what I saw from the media availability portion, everybody practiced but Craig James. And I think that's huge. You have Isaac Samalu's 21-day practice window on the injured reserve list activated. He looks like he's a good shot to play. I don't want to guarantee it, but he was out there. He was in pads. And then <clears throat> I think you uh, <clears throat> you look at Alshon Jeffrey. We were talking about it before we got on. It's looking more and more likely that he's going to be in the lineup for the first time uh, this weekend against the Giants. Um, you know, who's the biggest guy returning from injury or maybe kind of getting that second week injury push that really you think is important to beating the Giants for a second consecutive time? Actually, a ninth consecutive time if you look at it, the, the overarching uh, rivalry. I think definitely it's St. Amalu. I think as we, if we looked at the last, let's say, probably a good, three, four weeks that the Eagles played, 
there's always that inconsistency and uncertainty as who's going to be starting in the let, let alone the offensive line, the rest of the offensive line, but right, especially in the middle at the guard positions. And I think that if you're able to get Sam Milo to come back there and play left guard, it, it adds a little bit more of a, a, a normalcy, if, if, if you get what I mean, when it comes to just how comfortable and Wentz can be in that pocket as well as to get some continuity back along that offensive line. I think it makes him stronger because we saw what happened with Jamon Brown when he was in there. We saw what happened when Silo Peto was in there. And I think just having him come back and be that steadying force and then moving Herbig back over to the right guard spot, it's going to strengthen the interior part of the offensive line. It should give should give them some time, especially when it comes to the interior, the, when they face the interior pass rush. I think that's going to be that. And then you have Peters and Johnson coming back again as well, too. It just all flows along that offensive line. Who do you feel is going to be an important return? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. I think um, I think it's got to be Miles Sanders, right? I mean, this team's only running the ball thirty six point three percent of the time. That's in the bottom five of the league, you know, in run uh, <clears throat> run percentage. That's bad. Carson Wentz is not the type of quarterback. While while we've seen him take over games late, he's not a guy who's going to build up the entire game and put the team on his back on a normal basis. I think when you look at you know, the, the Eagles get away from the running game really significantly for a team that isn't as bad as the other guys in their group, like the Cowboys or the Jaguars. Um, and so I think Miles Sanders returning, he can give you a big play threat. I think he helps you sell the play action fake much better uh, than Boston Scott. And frankly, he's one of their best deep threats on this team. So I, I think, you know, they didn't have Miles Sanders against the Giants uh, in this past game, and I think he can be a key X factor for this team, along with Dallas Goddard, for for example. I mean, look, Dallas Goddard's another guy who, if he's getting targeted more than once in a game, he can take over a game. And I think this is going to be a big game for him coming up this Sunday as well. Well, I want to say this as well, too, but you have Boston and I beat, like to beat the Giants the whole entire time. Scott in the backfield coming up right there for you. You think he's, going, you think he's not going to be able to contribute when he comes back? I think you're you're getting at the point where you don't want him to turn into a pumpkin. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> good, good, good. It, I mean, the the narrative is like overwhelming that he is the giant killer, right? He's you know Boston Scott and the giant beanstalk. Like he is, he's ready to chop it down. I don't remember the story all that well. It's been probably thirty years since I read it, but um, you know. Boston's really good in chorus with Miles a lot of the time, and I think they need to get back to that. Uh, the problem here is like if Boston needs, you know, a rest or whatever, they don't really have a guy to go to. And I think that's why Miles Sanders helps, even if he's on a pitch count, you know, and you also look at it. He's got two runs of over 75 yards. I mean, 70 something yards like they could really use that in a game like this where <clears throat> you wrote about it this morning. Uh, it, it, I mean, look, the gap's been tightened between the Giants and the Eagles. The Eagles have dominated this this rivalry over the last you know, decade really, and especially in the last five years. And they're if they win this game, they'll sweep the Giants for the fourth consecutive season. That said, look, the Giants have played well the last few games, and we'll get into this more in our preview, but you need all the playmakers you can get. And frankly, Carson Wentz has not played well. Uh, and that's what I kind of want to move into as we get out of the injury phase. Carson Wentz has not played well. Uh I understand that there is a huge group of the of the fan base that thinks he's criticized far too often. I'm of the belief that he's not criticized enough uh, by the fan base and by other members of the media. 
listen, he's <laughs> pro football focus has him had entering the bye week. He led the league in turnovers. Uh, he led the league in interceptions. Um, his completion percentage was down 5% from his career average. Pro football focus ranked him 31 out of 36 quarterbacks. I mean, look, he just has not played well. And yes, there have been spurts where he, you know, Pittsburgh, I thought he played very well for the most part. But outside of that and some like really key moments in, against San Francisco and against uh, the Giants in the last game, he has not played well. And the defense has really had to carry him. Uh, and, you know, I spoke to uh, Eagles great Ron Jaworski. I spoke to former Giants quarterback uh, Danny Cannell. I spoke to Brian Billick, who won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. There's not one pinpoint reason why he's struggling. And I think that's almost worse than you being able to point out something. But something that Cannell said that I thought was really interesting, he and you, you know, you know this as a, as a former quarterback, he's struggling with the risk reward scenario in the pocket. You get like a split second to say, oh, I see Alshon Jeffrey running a post down the field. He's one on one. If I get the ball to the right spot, what's the percentage chance that he makes the catch? it gets incompleted or it, it, it you throw for an interception. And Wentz is just struggling to figure that part out. Uh, are, are you seeing that as well, Chris? I, I think it is too. I, I like in playing quarterback at times. It's always imagining you have two hands, right? Two hands right in front of your face and you're going to have to do a quick reaction of which one's going to try to smack me in front of him. And I got to dodge and try to get, make the right direction. It's almost like you have that second twitch instinct. And right now he has, he has the city. He feels like, oh, okay, I can make the twitch instinct, but he's not executing it well. He's not blocking that hand coming per se, tweaking that, using that type of comparison. But I think the main thing he's he is trying to push the ball a little down the field too many times. I, I really do think it. I, but also, I think he's not being helped at when it comes to the play calling. I believe it was the Athletic. They had a story that came out recently. They revisited their uh, tiers when it came to quarterbacks, and they looked at and one of the executives that had graded quarterback uh, quarterbacks was uh, – he was an honest, but had wins in his third tier. And the reason he said that was because he felt that he's not the type of guy that is able to go ahead and throw 40, 50 times a game. And also he feels like he needs a run game to help support him, which I kind of agree. I think that there's times when you look at him and it's like, hey, you know, uh, he, he, he's good off the play. Actually, when he rolls out, he looks like he's at his best. And I think it would help if Peterson kind of helped him out a little bit if – a, he either went to the no huddle earlier on in the game to get him in that rhythm, or B, you may just have to make a concerted effort to say, hey, you know what? We're just going to pound the ball here about a good 20, 30 times, and then we'll just build off of that. So it's a, it's a fine tipping point that and a fine balance that this team has to find in order to be successful in this, off, in this offense. It's, it, it's getting rough. I mean, now the thing I want to ask you is, do you feel as if he's, he's going to be able to correct this stuff in time for a, pop, a potential playoff run? being that the NFC East is this week? Well, I think the problem here is one moment he's a tepid game manager where he's sitting in the pocket and waiting for things to open up <clears throat> and not making the throw at the risk of turning it over. And then he's getting sacked and he's fumbling. And then without caution, he will resort back to his gunslinger mentality and throw interceptions. That's a problem because you never know. how You can't play call to that. You don't know what he's going to be on a given moment. And I, if I was Doug Peterson, I'd be extremely frustrated with his, you know, lack of consistency 
with his approach to the game. And I think until he finds that happy median between gunslinger and and game manager, they are going to, they're going to struggle, especially with turnovers. Um, You know, don't let the seven interceptions per year over the last three years uh, confuse you. He has never been uh, an Aaron Rodgers protect the football type of quarterback. That's never been him. He's gotten lucky with some dropped interceptions. He's made, he's been a lot more accurate and that's allowed him to kind of get by, but he's never been a protector of the football. And I think you're never going to kind of get that out of his head. That said, if you play call for a lot of short yardage stuff and you're not forcing him to heave the ball down the field, you're protecting yourself in that way to an extent, I would think, Um, you know, I really think that this is going to come down to how far Carson Wentz can correct himself over the next eight games. You're not going to work on his mechanics overnight. You're not going to fix his natural uh, instincts. But I think what you can do is protect him from himself by running the football more, like you said, by scripting a lot of short passes and quick passes, running a lot of tempo. Get him used to timing throws because right now, his timing's off. His accuracy is off. And that's what Doug Peterson's offense is so much predicated on is timing and accuracy. And you're just not getting that right there. That's why the screen game hasn't worked. It's why the threat of play action doesn't work. It's why there's a lot of turnovers from Carson. You know, I, I think overall, this is a situation where the Eagles really have to cater to the play calling as opposed to the quarterback. Do you agree? I agree. I think they really do. They really have to settle in if, and use his strengths. And I'm, and, and that's the one thing you used to saw Doug, Peter, Doug, and maybe going back to Frank Wright, even Mike Rowe, I thought did a decent job. Is was when they kind of they went looked at what they had in the quarterback. They went even whether it was Wentz or whoever, they went to go ahead, found their strengths, adapted the offense to their strengths, and went ahead with it. Now it just looks like at times it looks like they're going ahead and using that and flip the script, saying, "Okay, we're going to try to make him fit into our offense." And you can't you can't be successful doing that. You look at some of the teams in, in the league what they're doing when it comes. To, I mean, you look at the rookies in the league. You look at Justin Herbert. You look at you look at Joe Burrow. You look at what those teams are doing to try to adapt to the strengths of those quarterbacks, and they're working well early on in their, in their careers. I think the Eagles have to adapt to that a little bit more, that mindset a little bit more, and they have to. It's going to come have become a a painful self evaluation, saying, "Hey, you know what?" He's not going to be the guy that could throw it 50 times. He's the guy that's going to be able, almost a la Jake Plummer, but I think a little bit more talent, almost like that, in order to go ahead and be successful. So they're going to have to go ahead and and try to and fit this offense around him that way. Well, and I think there's been a lot of, ex- not I don't want to say excuses, but like there have been a lot of passes for him, no pun intended. You know, the wide receivers have been, you know, a turnstile the offensive line he's played behind seven different iterations of the offensive line in eight games like it's hard to be successful there sure but eventually you're seeing stuff that's not on the offensive line not on pass protection not on the wide receivers that Carson Wentz is making mistakes on and I think uh Ron Jaworski said this best he's going to struggle mentally but he's going to be a better quarterback going through this slump Uh, which I thought was a really optimistic view. But when you really think about it, if he can really kind of focus and, and, you know, be very uh, self-aware 
Maybe he does improve. Maybe this is a really good thing for him, and he blows up the second half in a weak division. Like, this division's there for them. Um, but the first task is beating the Giants, and frankly, the Giants should have run away with that game uh, in Week 7. Uh, they allowed the Eagles to come back and close. Look, the Giants have played really well. Uh, they could easily be 4-0 right now in in their last four games. They're 2-2. Two and two. Uh, They apparently only know how to beat Washington, which is very interesting. Um, look, they're going to have to be ready for Daniel Jones on the ground. That was abundantly clear after the 90 yard run that he had against them in week seven. That was extremely embarrassing. Uh, I do think the defense has really responded since that run. Uh, I think they've become very, very, uh, cohesive. I think Jim Schwartz has called some really, really good quarters of action, uh, for this defense. And really Brandon Graham's having an incredible year. Uh, from a number standpoint, he's always been very good. I think he's been their best player for the last two years on defense. Um, but that helps and that helps create turnovers. Uh, let's look at it from an, uh, the Eagles defense versus the, the Giants offense. How do you like that matchup? I like the I like the Eagles defensive line still against this Giants offensive line. I still think they have some. I think that Fletcher Cox, uh, Javon Hargreave and Malik Jackson, possibly if he does return. I think he can definitely have some some success, especially over Will Hernandez, who he's being a little maligned up there in New York right now. So I think they definitely could have some success on that aspect. I worry about the Giants wide receivers against the secondary. I've got no problem with Slay if he covers if he winds up covering Darius Slayton or if he winds up covering Sterling Shepard if he plays. I have no problem with that. I'm more worried about Golden Tate in the if he's out the doghouse, mind you, up north against Nickel Roby Coleman. I re- it's something about or 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 Craven LeBlanc. It's something about this slot cornerback position for the Eagles lately that has been get, getting abused a little bit at times. And I worry about that a little bit. Avante Maddox, the extra week probably helped him heal, heal from his ankle. I'm I'm not so much worried about him being targeted as much as I'm worried about the Giants controlling the middle of the field. And I mean, the linebackers have played well, and, and safeties have played a little bit better as well, too, in coverage, but Everett Ingram is still a threat. You, you can't discount him for – you can't discount him running up the middle of the field throwing, when it comes to the passing game. So I'm a little worried about them. I mean, where do you think the Eagles can take – the Eagles' defense, defense can take advantage of this Giants offense? Well, it's like you said, the offensive line. They're running a, a three-man weave – uh, an offensive tackle between um, uh, uh, it was a Cameron Irving, um, uh, their first round pick in Andrew Thomas, and then their third round pick uh, Matt Perrette. And I look, I've heard of guards rotating. The Eagles did that a little bit at left guard during the Super Bowl year with Stefan Wisniewski and and um, Chance Warmack and Isaac Samalu. I don't know, man. I, I I just think that that's a recipe for disaster, especially against a pass rusher like the Eagles. Um, look, I think the linebacker play, like you said, is better. I think it's going to be much harder to run. They're going to become a very one-dimensional team, I think, uh, early on in this game because of the presence of TJ Edwards. I think Alex Singleton's played relatively well. Um, and then, yeah, you bring up the secondary. I like Rodney McLeod a lot. Um, I think Jalen Mills has played very well for the most part of the last two games. So I'm not necessarily as worried about Evan Ingram. Yeah, that's a kind of a tough matchup, but it looked like Will Parks really bounced back against the Cowboys. 
So maybe that's part of the plan. Or maybe the plan is to have Will Parks cover Golden Tate. I have no idea. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. The nickel spot is a weakness for them. And look, Tate's going to be motivated. He was suspended for uh, week nine because his wife got on Instagram and complained about his snaps. I don't know if they want to find a healthy you know, resolution to their relationship, but Golden Tate does worry me a little bit. He's got revenge on his mind, I'm sure. He also kind of wants to prove himself that he should continue to be targeted, yada, 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 you know, that sort of thing. But like when we flip the script to the the other side of the ball, look, this giant secondary is atrocious outside of James Bradbury, who I would imagine travels with Travis Fulgham. That said, Jalen Rager's back in, in, in the mix. Uh, I think they were kind of tepid with their play calling. I mean, they did a lot of short in space sort of route combinations with him last week. I think they let him loose after a week of rest. Uh, I think he is going to annihilate their number two corner. I think this is the coming out party for Jalen Rager. Um, I also think no one can cover Dallas Goddard on this team. I've never been a Jabril, a Jabril Peppers guy ever. Uh, I know he's from New Jersey, but he's, I, I'm just, he's does nothing for me. Um, I think he's kind of an average safety in the league. And I think, Dallas Goddard's got a good size advantage over him in that regard. Um, I also think Logan Ryan, a free safety, that's still a good matchup with Goddard, depending on who's covering him. Uh, you know, I'm not in love with the Giants linebackers. I do think their defensive coordinator has done some really smart things and, and disguise coverage very well. Um, I Their defensive line's tough, though. If, you're, if you don't have Miles Sanders, you know, for more than like a, a dozen carries, I think they're going to struggle to run the ball quite a bit in this game. We all, you know, beamed about how uh, Boston Scott did as a receiver in that last play, the game winning touchdown against the giants, but he didn't really have a ton of success on the ground. And I think that's something to keep in mind in this game. Uh, Where are you concerned about for the Eagles offense against this Giants defense? I I know I didn't mention Carson Wentz basically at all in that. Uh, I was hoping you would kind of touch some light on that. Well, I definitely think I worry about the turnovers. I right. really worry about the turnovers because this Giants team, I believe, is second. I think it was second in the league now, second to third in the league now when it comes to forcing turnovers. I think it was like something like 15 turnovers in this game where they, they, they have improved. They definitely have improved. It's not the Giants defense that we saw a lot at the end of last season. They've steadily gotten used to this defense, this defense especially they, they play multiple sets. I know they're base 3-4, but they play multiple sets. and They're starting to grow into that role, and I really am worried about that. I think it's going to be it's going to have to be one of those games where if I'm Doug Peterson, I'm falling back more on the traditional West Coast offense stuff and just going slants, outs, pitches. I'm staying within that, and you're going to have to be patient, especially when it comes to this Giants Giants defense, because what they do they like to go to that zone, and when they go out in that zone and, and everybody's facing you, you're not going to be able to get as many yards scrambling as Wentz does when he uses his legs whenever he does that. And you're not. And you're going to have to rely on your receiver. You're going to have to rely on Fulgham and Rager. I know they're young, but they're going to have to go ahead and recognize they're going to be in that zone and find the soft spots and hit it that way. Like you said, I think Goddard could have a big game. I really do because he seems to have a knack for finding those soft spots, especially. And it's going to be it's going to be interesting too when you look at the way the Giants play. If he's able to go ahead and run, if they go to that too deep shell type of zone. If he he can find a way through the seams or even even like a deep dig, he can be very successful in there. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles try to target that. I think they, they can they have some success in that. But I think one thing they really and I really keep hammering this home here 
they, and you mentioned earlier, they have to have to establish the run. This week, especially, I, I was looking at the uh, weather forecast. As the game progresses, it's the higher the chance of the rain is going to be. So you you may not have that, especially if you fall behind early, you may not have that opportunity to throw the ball cleanly, especially when a quarterback is prone to turnovers. Add a wet ball to that, eh, not feeling too comfortable with that. But I think if they establish the run game, if they go ahead and utilize the sort passing game, and Carson Wentz is patient enough when it comes to there, it, it could be it, they can go ahead and actually have success against this defense. But I'm well, not to cut you off, but um, you know it's Thursday. The injury report isn't out yet, but Golden Tate apparently injured his knee during practice on on Thursday and was added to the injury report. Uh, and Sterling Shepard's been limited due to a toe and hip injuries. Uh, nope. Okay, then. <laughs> that some things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, look, we'll see if, uh, you know, we'll see what happens and if this is not, is maybe something strategic. But, um, yeah, that does change things. I, look, I, I think the Eagles are going to win this game uh, by at least three points. Uh, but I think that... To your point, weather could be a factor here. And having, again, having Miles Sanders will help, right? Yeah, in theory. I think it will. I think it will, especially with pass blocking, too. Whenever they do pass, I think it will help. There's, there's a lot he adds to this. There's a lot he adds to this offense. I think it's, it's going to be tough, but they just, it, you, if, if before the season, Deuce Staley said, hey, you know, and Doug Peter both said, you know, he's our bell cow back. He's our three down back. He's going to have to be it this week. He really is going to have to be there just to calm everybody down and, and, and basically tire out that Giants defense. I mean, well, and, and that's a great point, Chris, that you, you bring up that I actually really wanted to talk about. And we'll talk about this a little bit more next week because I think it, it should be talked about a little bit more. Is he, you know, built to be that three down back? Because right now, he's already missed three games, right? And he's played in, in limited fashion. Uh, he's already admitted to having fatigue after missing most of training camp. Like, that's a concern. And this is a team that doesn't really invest a ton in the running back position. Remember, he was the highest pick at the position since LaShawn McCoy in 2009, and they're both second-round picks. It's not like they invest a ton. They also don't really pay running backs. So it'll be interesting to see how this kind of all plays out. But I agree. I think he's the X factor in this game. I think he's the guy who's going to lay claim. If he comes out and he balls out and has one of those 50 plus yard runs, that's going to set the tone for this game. And I think the Giants will be look, the thing that 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 really hurt the Eagles is the Giants when they're down, they become extremely one dimensional. And if you can get to that point, Daniel Jones is going to make a ton of mistakes. Uh, he's coming off his second non-turnover game of his career. So put that into perspective, guys. If the Eagles can get up 10 to nothing, Daniel Jones is probably set up for disaster. That's what I think the Eagles need to do. It's what I think they will do. Uh, what's your score prediction for this game, Chris? I think I have a Giants. Uh, I think I had an Eagles 23, Giants 20, because the Giants, if they can hold the Buccaneers in check with all, as many weapons as they had around there on that offense, it's, they, they can be a problem. So I think it's going to be a close game, close old-fashioned NFC East game. It's going to be really tight. and It's, it's going to be uh, stomach-churning, I know, for some Eagles fans at times, but it's I think the Eagles are going to go ahead and uh, continue to top the NFC East. How, what say you? Yeah, I, I've got them winning 27-21. to 21. Um, 
And I think there's, or sorry, 27 to 23, excuse me. And I think this isn't a close game like it is on the scoreboard. I think the Eagles get up to like a 17 to three uh, or 17 to six lead at halftime. And a lot of this is playing catch up for the Giants. So um, we both have the Eagles winning. They need to win this game. This isn't a game that they can take lightly. I've said it basically all season that the pocket of four games, the Giants, Cowboys, Giants, Browns stretch, you know, hovering over the bye. If they could go 4-0 and in that phase, they can get over 500 and they can make some noise in the playoffs or at least have that home field advantage in that division title. And if you have a home game in the playoffs, I don't care if it's COVID, there's not a lot of fans in the stands, you do have some sort of an advantage because you don't have to travel. Uh, especially if you're playing a West Coast or, or Central Time Zone team or you're playing a Dome team, uh, you would much rather have the Saints come to Philly than you would the Eagles go to New Orleans or uh, you'd rather have the Tampa Bay Bucks come to Philly in January than you go down to Tampa. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I think we both think the Eagles are going to have a much better second half than they did in the first half. Do you agree? I think... Uh, it's going to be tough. I don't think as well. I mean, the bar is so low. (laughs) (laughs) It's consistency. The the, the most, the consistent thing that this team can do is be inconsistent. I think they're going to see that again with, when you have that, that stretch, that stretch is going to be brutal. It's including the Packers and the Saints who are still probably both be vying for that number one spot. See, the Bucks, I think are going to fall back, but. It's going to be a brutal stretch. It, it, they'll be inconsistent. It'll be interesting, for say the least. But uh, no, nah, it, it's it's. I just I just can't see it. I, I'm trying to. I just can't see any uh anything being better. The only thing I will say is I think Wentz will improve. That's he, he's the bright. Well, then, but then there you go. That's offense. enough, in my opinion. Uh, if we're really being fact, honest here, it won't be the turn. It won't be. I don't think it'll be as many turnovers. I don't know how much if it's those those turnovers will result. The lack of turnovers result in touchdowns. I'm not so sure about that because the team in the red zone still has its issues, but uh, it's going to be tough. <laughs> well, well, Chris thinks this through. I'm going to uh, just say, make sure you sign up for Eagles Extra. You can do that on nj.com slash eagles, uh, or sorry, uh, nj.com slash text. Make sure you read all of our stuff on nj.com slash eagles. we got some good stuff previewing the Giants game, also talking about the Eagles uh, and they're kind of mid-season overarching storylines. Um, for Chris, I'm Mike. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you right after the game on Sunday.